4: Hey everybody, it's Mike from the Mike Wagner Show, powered by Sonic Web Studios and brought to you by official sponsor, of the Mike Wagner Show, International warring Author, and Mia The Missing, available on Amazon and Paperback and ebook. We're here with an amazing lady who's uh author from Georgia, also writer, speaker, and mentor who grew up in a church and daughter of a local pastor. And um, she also went through a lot of experiences, including trauma, shame, victory, and credits her uh, transformational life story to God and close friendships, and also um the um, and therapy as well. And she's got a book called The Warrior Who Didn't Speak. She also works as a flight attendant and uh, in school, studying in business administration and finance. And her new book breaks the st- stigma of choosing not to speak. And uh, her share story, she shares, by the way, how she uh emerged from victim to warrior. We'll go through that path as well. Live, ladies and gentlemen, plus studios in beautiful downtown Atlanta. The multi talented author, writer, speaker, and mentor from Georgia, ladies and gentlemen, the multi talented. Victoria Robinson. Victoria, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thanks for joining us today.
2: Thank you. Good evening to you. And I'm so excited to be here. Well,
4: it's great to have you on board, Victoria. You're you're an author, writer, speaker, and mentor from Georgia who grew up in the church and daughter of a local pastor. You experienced trauma, shame, victory, and you credit your transformational life story to God and um close friends and uh therapy as well. You also work as a flight attendant and in school studying. In business administration, in the finance sector, and also uh, your book as well too. Uh, basically, just um addressing the stigma of choosing not to speak, and you share your story how you emerged from victim to worry, and how he learned. The book is called "The Worry Who Didn't Speak." We encourage you to keep um flashing it every single time. We want people buying this amazing book. And before getting all that, Victoria, tell us how you first got started.
2: Um whew. okay, so how it first began. Um, as you know, I'm a flight attendant. So in 2018, um, I began to ask God to send people that were full of his spirit that wanted to grow more um and deepen their relationship with him, um, to you know, come around me because I was searching and looking for that. And he happened to place one friend in particular who was also a flight attendant at the time. Oh wow! And she came uh, on. She met me on a flight. I didn't know her. She didn't know me. So we ended up talking for a little bit and it was just a casual talk. And then um, before we parted ways from that trip, she took my number and I took her number. And we ended up leaving. I didn't think anything of it because I have exchanged the numbers, my number with a few flight attendants as well before in the past. So I didn't think anything major of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then a few days later, she ended up calling me and she said, I think we met each other for a purpose. And I was like, what do you mean? And she was like, I've been praying for you know, pe- God to put people in my life. And I just feel like I have this strong connection with you by how we spoke on the plane and some of the things that we talked about. So our friendship began to grow there naturally. Um, And then it wasn't but two weeks later, I think, uh, one day she just called me out of the blue and was like, Victoria,
4: what's your story? Oh, wow. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was about fear of flying or something. It's like, can you make these pastors not be scared to fly?
2: <laughs> right, 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 right. Right. And then like, cause we, we were talking, we, we talked about, you know, the plane and we talked about becoming a flight attendant and things, but then it transferred over to like, um, your calling and purpose and, um, reading the Bible and things like that. So it started to grow, but it was just casual talk that we had. And so our friendship just began to blossom. And then two weeks later, I just get the call out of the blue. And it was like, Hey, Victoria, what's your story? And I'm just speechless on the phone. Like, um, huh? Hello. (laughs) And she's like, what's your story? And she was like, because I I just, I just, feel, you know, inclined to know more about you and want to know your story. And in that moment, I was very scared. I have never, I had never shared my story. And um, number one, I didn't want to be judged because of my past. Mm -hmm. So I was scared to open up. And then it was like, you're because like we're friends, but you're still a complete stranger to me. Like we're not even that deep in, and you're asking me about my story. So I tried to change the subject, but she wouldn't let go. Huh. And so um I remember just taking a deep breath and I remember closing my eyes and I was like, Lord, just leave me. And the words begin to um come out. I talked about um my childhood. Uh, Growing up as a preacher's daughter and the things that I experienced, uh, such as molestation, I talked about how um, I also battled with um, perfectionism, wanted to be perfect in everything in the sight of my parents. I also talked about how because I was molested, um, that that skewed the word love, the verb of love for me differently and it felt like i had to give myself away in order to be loved so that led me into many relationships that i shouldn't have been in at a young age um and not having no one to talk to um about that and just about the things that i was experiencing at a child and then that later pushed me on to um talking about being in a relationship with a guy that pursued me since i was seven and we were friends wow. for almost 19 years and that friendship came to an end and that relationship came to an end once, you know, I had an abortion and I was just talking to her about all the things that I've been through. And I talk, and I told her why I was a flight attendant. I was like, believe it or not, after the abortion, I fell into a uh, great depression and I had suicidal thoughts. And I just remember one day just crying out to God and was like, God, if you could just get me out of Georgia. This was in October of 2015 and I was like god if you could just get me out of Georgia I promise I will grow my relationship with you I will you know um start to grow to heal and want to heal and want to you know help others to heal and that was uh 2015 um January 2016 I was in Fort Lauderdale in my new apartment And I became a flight attendant. So after talking to her about that, she was just like, she got quiet for a moment. So I was like, uh oh, what's going on? (laughs) "Um, (laughs) Is everything okay? Cause I knew I just dropped a big old like, everything. And um, she was like, Victoria, she said, your words hold weight. When you speak, things manifest. She was like, I don't believe if you know it or not, but she was like, there are a lot of people that are waiting for you mm, how so? in this world. And I was like, why would you say that? And she was like, because you've been in the best of both worlds. She was like, not only were you brought up in a church and raised by your dad, who's a pastor, but you've also endured so many Things such as molestation, abortion, things of people that are outside of the church or and in the church have experienced, but are afraid to speak up on. Mm -hmm. And And,
4: and, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry.
2: No, I was going to say, and that began to resonate with me. And that's how it grew from there.
4: Mm-hmm. And, and what do you think was the one cause of uh, people not being able to uh, speak up about, especially what you went through, you know, being molested, abortion, and uh, just about everything? It's like, what are some of the uh, factors that's, uh, that's causing it not to do that, especially in a church?
2: Uh, number one, most times when you're molested, uh, you're afraid of who might believe you. And majority of the time when kids are molested is by people that they know a family friend or even a family friend family member most of the time and that person is supposed to be someone that you grow up knowing that you that that claims that they love you that you love them and you be around their families or you be around each other all the time and number one you don't want to be not believed because you're a child Um, Number two, you're afraid to how to even speak up because in your mind, you're like, did I do anything wrong? Like, why is this happening? And you don't even know how to muster up those feelings. And um, number three, you don't want to, well, on my end, number three for me, it was, I knew the calling that my dad and mom had on their lives. And I didn't want to be this preacher's daughter that was in the church you know creating drama and it's spreading around so it was more so of me wanting to protect the the image and the calling on my parents versus more so focusing on myself
4: mm-hmm. and do you think and you mentioned about perfection as well too you had some problems with it. do you think it was part of it was um your dad being in a church was it like you know other people expecting perfection or did someone give you the idea of what perfection is?
2: Um, It was more so I would always hear, oh, the preacher's kids are the worst ones and um, they're always doing wrong and things like that. And then in my family, I saw how like cousins or friends would have babies uh, before they even graduated high school or wow. right after high school and could never go into college. And I would hear it from my dad, like, if you don't do this, 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 and this, then this. And then it was like I had to measure up to this perfection of, OK, I got to go to school. I have to get A's and B's. I have to do this right. I have to do this right. So it was programming in my head like you have to be this perfect person. And it was like the more I tried to be perfect, the more it just fell apart.
4: Mm, I see. OK. All right. And then um also. You also went through some transformation as well, too. And, uh, yeah, the book that's um, Breaking the Stigma, The Worry Who Didn't Speak. Uh, we get into more of that in um, just one minute with Victoria Robinson. But first, listen to The Mike Weidner Show at the MikeWidenerShow.com. It's powered by Sonic Web Studios. Visit online at SonicWebStudios.com for all your needs. If you're looking for a personal, professional website without breaking your budget, Sonic Web Studios is the answer. Sonic Web Studios offers fast, affordable custom web designs that blow the competition range. Call today, 1 800 303 3960. It's 1 800 303 3960. Or email to support at sonicwebstudios.com. Mention the Mike Weidner Show, get 20% off your first project. Sonic Web Studios, take your MSN next level. Also, time to give a official shout out to our official sponsor of the Mike Weidner Show, International Warring author Mia Molsonzia. If you love fast paced mysteries, you love Missing by Mia Molsonzia. Available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing is fast paced and intriguing with an unforgettable twist. It takes place in four countries, two strangers, one target, where truth is illusion and those you love would be the first go missing. It's available on Amazon, in paperback, and ebook. Missing by Mia and Zia has got great reviews. An Evil 11 and joys by Howard Celebrities, including Joanna Cassie, Forge Riley, and Minions. So grab your copy today. Four Goes Missing by Mia Molson's Zia. Available on Amazon. Also, check out The Mike Winer Show at the themikewidenershow.com on over 40 podcast platforms. Heard in 100 countries, including Facebook, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Also, Anchor FM, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, Audible, Apple Music as well, too. And you can also subscribe to the YouTube channel, Bitshoot, Rumble, and follow us on Twitter. Instagram, LinkedIn, TikTok today. Don't forget to take us with you on any mobile device, and also don't forget to check out the Mike Weidner Show on Amazon as well too. Amazon.com, check out the Mike Weidner Show podcast. T-shirts, pop sockets, throw pillows, tote bags, hoodies, makes great guests Twenty four seven. Go to Amazon.com. Make sure you check out the Mike Weiner Show podcast, and for more great ideas, go to Amazon.com/slash Me and Zia for great books like Missing Once and Wrinkles, also T-shirts, pop sockets, hoodies, phone cases, and more. Amazon.com/slash Me and Zia. check it out today. I'll support the Mike Weidner Show on Anchor FM, PayPal, and the com. Make sure you do so today. We're here with the amazing author, writer, speaker, and mentor from Georgia here on the Mike Weidner Show, Victoria Robinson, with the book, The Warrior Who Didn't Speak. And before we talk about the book as well, to you talk about um, working as a flight attendant. How did you first get involved in being a flight attendant?
2: Um, so as a flight attendant, well, before I became a flight attendant, um, as a child, we always used to travel. Um, We would always go on vacation and I just love to travel. I just was fascinated by being in the air or taking a road trip somewhere and just getting away, going to the beach, which is my favorite place to relax. Nice. And um, my dad, he started a part time job at Delta.
0: Mm. So
2: during that time, I would go and I would just take trips and go here, there and everywhere. And at first, believe it or not, i was a scared i was scared of flying and it wasn't until i was 16 and i got on the first flight by myself and i remember sitting down in between two gentlemen and then the guy was like, "I'm gonna talk to him. So, do you mind sitting at the window?" And I was like, "No, that's fine." So I sat out, sat next to the window, and I just remember um, praying, like, "God, please don't let me cry in front of these men." <laughs> <laughs> I was terrified, so I was like, "Okay, Victoria, you can't cry. You know these gentlemen are right here. You know they're gonna think something. So let's just, you know, keep our cool." So I remember taking off. And I just remember looking out the window. And when I looked out the window, I just saw the clouds. I saw the sun. I saw um, the ground. And you could see the hills and the mountains and the creeks and the rivers. And I was just in all of the beauty. I was just in all of the creation. And um, before I knew it, they were like, Welcome to Atlanta. And I was like, That's it? I was like, That's all that's fine? Atlanta
4: awesome. from Fort was it from Fort Lauderdale to Atlanta?
2: I was coming from Charleston.
4: Charleston, okay. My I hometown. was trying. That was it. Okay, all
2: right. <laughs> I was coming from Charleston, so I was like, "That's it." Um, just this flight. And, um, I was like, wow, I can do this more often. So then when my dad, um, started working at Delta, I was just taking trips left and right, left and right. So traveling became a part of my almost everyday life. And then it wasn't until, um, I had got depressed and began to question, um, about staying in Georgia or whether I wanted to die And, you know, in my life to be to lift off the burden that I thought I was creating for my family and friends that um, traveling kept coming to my mind. Mm -hmm. So I started looking up uh, careers for um, travel and I saw like customer service and um, things regarding the uh, cruise ships. But then I saw a flight attendant and it just so happened to be Spirit at the time. And I was like, oh wow. So I went and I applied um to Spirit Airlines. Then I saw one that was for United. And I was like, oh wow. So then I just kept applying. And I ended up getting um an interview. And then I ended up being transferred to Fort Lauderdale to do uh the training. And then four weeks later, I was a certified flight attendant.
4: Nice, nice. So what was your, what was your favorite destination that you went on? Your know, flight attendant or not flight attendant? What was your favorite destination?
2: So, in the United States, my favorite destination is San Diego. Nice, love, that's a beautiful city. San Diego, but. L.A. has now became in that competition because of the mountainside, like up near Semi Valley and Calabasas area. Like it's so beautiful and so nice. But San Diego is just beautiful. Um, But outside of the United States, my favorite place thus far has been Barcelona. Really? Wow. How's that? Barcelona is lovely. It's so much art. It's so much culture. Um, There are so many different things to experience. Um, The people are very welcoming and the atmosphere is so light and just energetic and, um, The food was delicious. (laughs) Oh,
4: you make me hungry already.
2: (laughs) All the tapas um, are just so lovely. And I love how their streets have a center. Like everything comes down to the center and then it goes in a circle and then it goes out. So all you see the cars coming in and going around the circle to go down different um, streets. And then um, one cool thing about Barcelona that I've uh, noticed I was there for six days, but I noticed that at 2 p.m. The banks are closed. Most of the like business places are closed because right. people want to be out on the streets, dressed nice in their heels, their dresses or their, you know, their dress pants. And they just want to go up and down the street and be at the tapas and enjoy each other. And um, that was something that I really enjoyed.
4: That is interesting. Closing down at two. What time do they start work? generally
2: uh, like around eight, seven, eight.
4: Oh wow okay but no the, day, sir. Of the United States is pushing for six hour days now <laughs> I see why I think you just you let out a very nice revelation about that
2: because <laughs> <laughs> I had um I, I met a waiter uh while I was there um who you know uh was telling me of all the places to go to and things to visit and things like that and I was like why is the bank closed I couldn't go inside and I was like so I had to go today Tim he was like yes at 2 p.m everybody is out on the streets and shopping and eating and enjoying each other and he was like we love to live life and I just thought that was a beautiful thing
4: that is certainly is a beautiful thing too and you also are are taking a next step further besides with your book, The Worry Who Didn't Speak. You're also going to school, uh, studying business, administration, finance. And uh, tell us about that. And what do you plan on doing after you graduate?
2: So, um, believe it or not, update, I did graduate last year. Congratulations. Um, with my business degree. Thank you so much. Um, so I wanted to learn about the business side. So I am in the process of starting my confidence building resource. Which will empower the voice, empower to illuminate the voices that are silent, to achieve self healing and wholeness with divine guidance, making sure I don't leave a voice unheard, making sure that I give them the opportunity to speak, to be able to walk into, to know their identity, to have the audacity to speak with courage and confidence, and to fulfill their purpose and live out their destiny. Mm. So um, that's, that's something that I'm working on now in a process. So I wanted to know the business side of things of how to run everything that I'm doing and um it has been an amazing experience and i'm so grateful because being a flight attendant has given me that opportunity to have something on the side to do my business to do my to live out my purpose while i'm also traveling
4: oh that is so amazing as well too and one one more talk about the work the book the warrior who didn't speak and um how that came about and going from um victim to warrior and just going step by step with Victoria Robinson we'll get to that in just one minute you listen to the Mike Wagner show at Show.com, powered by Sonic Web Studios and brought to you by official sponsor of the Mike Wagner show International Warring Author me and Molson's the missing we'll be back with the uh, amazing author writer speaker and mentor from Georgia Victoria Robinson with the warrior who didn't speak after this timeout
0: the Mike Wagner show is powered by Sonic Web Studios
1: He is the author of Missing. And I want to give a big shout out and a kiss all the way halfway around the world to my dear friend. Check him out at Mia's website. It's called www.miamotionzea.com. Missing. Available on Amazon. Again, I'm Forbes Riley, and I will see you again soon. Bye-bye.
4: Hey, hey, this is Ray Powers, and boy, are you in luck. Right place, right time. Tuned in to The Mike Wagner Show. You heard me. We're back with the uh, multi-talented Victoria Robinson of the warrior who didn't speak here on the Mike Wagner show. And, um, and of course, you know, going from a uh, victim to warrior in the book as well too. And um, you know, let's get more into the book as well too. What was that one precise moment for you that, that got you started in writing the book? So the,
2: okay. So in 2019, um, because God was showing me things when I was living in Fort Lauderdale, and then um two thousand and nineteen, right before the pandemic, I had moved back to Georgia. So I had uh began to help my friend who started her um nonprofit for domestic domestic violence abuse. Mm-hmm. and I was there talking to women, encouraging them, you know, even sharing my story, um, wanting to support them, wanting to, you know, motivate them to get them on their feet, to stand and be courageous and bold. But my friend pointed out to me that I didn't have my family and friends in my corner for me. Mm. So that began to resonate with me. And it was in that moment after she said that I started thinking, okay, you need to have a talk with your father. But I put that off for the longest, I put it off as long as I could. And I remembered that December, um, the 26th, the day after Christmas, I didn't want to go into the new year. Um, the same way I have been meaning the repetitive cycles and the what ifs and the fear of failing and what if this happens? And I remember, um, saying, okay, today is going to be the day that I have this conversation with my dad. And, um, when I did that, I ended up calling him and he was golfing and I was like, Hey dad, you know, um, he was like, what's going on, Victoria? And I was like, nothing. I just wanted to talk to you. Um, whenever you are free, we can meet up at the church. Because I was like, because if anything happens and I tell him my story, and he gets mad. I'm at the church. I'm at the house of
3: <laughs> so, like, and, and yelling like,
4: four
2: at the same time <laughs> like, was like so we can meet at the church instead of home so um he was like yeah that'll be fine so I remember him telling me when he was done with golfing that he was on the way by that time I was already at the church and I just remember closing my eyes and praying and saying Lord I just pray that you know when he walks in that he he resonates with what I'm about to tell him that he be receptive to, you know, the testimony that he, you know um loves me, that he, you know, uh that healing takes place, that he, you know, accepts me because one of my fears of opening up to my dad was that I've been through this, these things, and he's a preacher. He's going to disown me. Like it was my own thoughts creating a lot of fear and I remember when he came in, he was calm, cool, and collective. And he just sat down and leaned back and was like, Victoria, so let me know what's going on. And um, I was like, okay. I was like, I just want to show you, I just want to let you know um, my story of where I was, where I am now, and where I'm headed. And I remember starting, o- starting up and opening up to him about, you um, the molestation of me trying to be uh, perfect in the sight of his eyes and everyone around me and how that led to people pleasing. And, um, when we were really battling as father and daughter, um, because of the relationships I got in and things like that, I wasn't really trying to be rebellious or anything I was hurting and I couldn't understand why, but, um, I just, Kept telling him of all of that stuff. And even with the abortion, I opened up about that. Meanwhile, I'm bawling the way I'm talking now. And I was like, snot nose, mm. like, tearing I, 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 I wish I had a tissue
4: right now. I could hand you some, but I just ran out. Oh my gosh. Boy, I came unprepared for this. I'm sorry, guys. I am so sorry.
2: (laughs) So meanwhile, I'm like bawling, crying, snot, nose, everything. And um, I just remember opening up to him about everything, the mental and verbal abuse that I experienced. And then even the suicide thoughts and the... um, the depression and how, and even to the point where I told him, you know, God moved me to Fort Lauderdale and that's what saved, he saved me by moving me to Fort Lauderdale and how I became a flight attendant and how I met friends that was, you know, that wanted to grow and support and uplift me as I uplifted them and um, how I started working with the nonprofit and how God's been speaking to me to do other things. And after I finished with that, he sat back and he looked at me and he said, what a smile. He said, Victoria, I love you. Nice. He said, Victoria, I am so proud of you. He said, I just wish you would have told me so I could have been there in those moments for you. It mm-hmm. was like, you are doing more than I could ever think or imagine. He was like, you have he was like, we all have passed. And he was like, but you have taken and found your voice to speak up and to heal. And he was like, that's the only thing that I could want for you. You're following after God. You're, you're taking this journey through your healing. And he was like, and you're speaking up about it. He was like, now that you have got it out, he said, don't hold that in cast it into a sea of forgetfulness and the only time you look back in your past is to help others heal and push and permeate healing and move forward he was like so don't beat up yourself he was like if you haven't asked god for if you haven't which i know you probably have already ask god for forgiveness forgive um ask god for forgiveness and he said and if you haven't forgiven those who hurt you ask them for forgiveness and he was like but most importantly forgive yourself he was like you may have felt like you allowed certain things and some you probably have, but he was like, forgive yourself and love yourself. And just hearing that, those words, <laughs> it was like this, it was like, I was like a balloon. So I was tight. All the water was inside of, I felt like a water balloon. I was tight, all swelled up. And it was just like, somebody just came with a pin and just popped the balloon and the water just Mm-hmm. So all the guilt, all the fear, all the shame, all the, um, the, the feelings of insecurity, all the feelings of inadequacy, all of that just begin to like release. And, um, so yeah, that, that pushed me and drove me towards writing the book and god was speaking to me about the book but he first needed me to tell my dad my story Mm -hmm. and i realized that by me telling my story i mean by me talking to my dad was how i viewed god because i ran away from my parents because i didn't want to disappoint them was how i was running away from god because i didn't want to disappoint him but yet i started to realize that he was like no when you're going through tough times and situations or when bad things are happening, I'm your father. I want you to come close to me. So that just made it so much better. And that how, that's how I became to write the book.
4: So so in the book as well too, explain the stigma of choosing not to um, speak and sharing the story. So what you did, was that how you exactly did it? It's like, you just simply just outright told your story. And uh, how, how would you explain it? like a little step-by-step, step, you know, some people don't do that. They're still, hesitant it's like they're still hesitant they read the book they're still not sure they're still not sure it's like you know how would you uh get get them to go through it's like you know takes time but it's like you know maybe little bits. like you know how would it get to that point where it's like they finally open up it's like what was like one little Emma, maybe a few or so
2: so once i had um told my dad, once I spoke to my dad and things released, I was at first, I was like, okay, I got my dad on my side, my family's here. I don't care who knows my story. And then so I began to go home and I began to type it up. And it's one thing when you, you you know, you told your family, and you, you got it out. But it's another thing when you have to start when you start to look at what, you, what you're what you writing. And when I saw that I became... When I saw what I was writing and how I was talking about the molestation, the fear, the um, abortion, the mental and verbal abuse, I started to doubt. And I was like, do I really want my story out? Do I really want to speak? But then I saw some stuff on social media one day. I was looking and I saw some stuff on social media and how the world was becoming and how people always have, you know, a lot of negative things to say. And I just remember saying in that moment, I really want people to experience the healing that I've experienced. And I really want to permeate healing because we're living in a world now where people are becoming unapologetically themselves and they want to live in their truth of who they had to become. But that's not the real you. I want people to know that I want people to know who they were before all those trials, before all the issues and the effects of life and the conflict and the 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 things that they had to go through, um to to know who they were beforehand and to um live out their true self that way by knowing who you were before any life challenges came into your life. Who who was that person that would have been who was Victoria before the molestation? Who was Victoria? Who who could Victoria be, or what did Victoria have dream that she wanted to be? So pulling out that true self of identity from the inside out. And um, once I began to think like that, and once I began to speak to say, you know what, Victoria, you got this. There are so many people that needs to hear your story because so many people are battling with depression. So many people are battling um with their mind because they had an abortion or some people are contemplating abort- abortions and not knowing the behind the scenes or the after aftermath of abortions. And, um, There are many people that are molested that are afraid to speak up. Many children are have been molested and are scared to speak up. And the ones that have grown up old and and have became older, they're also still not speaking. So you got to do this. Mm -hmm. And I begin, you know, other aside from prayer, I just begin to encourage myself to say, you know, this is something that you have to do so that others could heal and to permeate healing
4: you, you talked about as well with the abortion molestation suicide and just about everything else what about those having like certain addictions like drug addiction sex addiction alcohol or even like ptsd or something of some sort whether it's the military or you get hit in the head you know playing football and all that's like you know ptsd concussions and all that what what, what about those
2: Um, I also want to encourage everyone that is battling with those things to to heal, to talk to a therapist, to seek somebody that has, um, that is full of wisdom, that is able to give you good advice, great advice that will encourage you and strengthen you. And to also check your circle to see who you're around, because sometimes in life, as you're trying to heal and as you're trying to move forward, there will be people that are trying to keep you, hold you back because they are so used to the person that you are, that they can't see the person that you are becoming, which is who you were meant to be before any life tragedy came into your life. So, um, yeah, I wanted everybody to heal because once I healed and received that little piece, it was just like, I don't care who you are. I want you to heal. Like like healing is the way because when you haven't healed, you go into other relationships, whether it be a workplace, whether it be a relationship with a significant other, whether it be your family. And it's just like a non, it's just like a revolving door. It's just going in a circle. And until you heal and forgive and truly love yourself as well as you love others, Um, yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be a battle. And even in the healing process, it wasn't easy and it's still not easy. I'm still doing therapy and there are moments I'm just like, no, I'm not with it today, but you have to put your boxing gloves on and you have to step up to the challenge and say, no, this is, I am becoming a better version than of myself than I was the day yesterday. And also I am becoming the person that I needed when I was younger and when I was growing up, because there are so many people that want to have a family, that want to have children, or maybe you do have children um, in life, and there's a disconnect between you and the child, or, or you don't want to have that disconnect between you and your future children, and to just be able to heal, it opens up so so many areas for you to even know how to communicate with your child, communicate with your spouse, communicate with your friends and to create healthy dynamics. So I encourage everyone that has went through something traumatic, whether it be big or small to heal and to forgive and to love.
4: Mm-hmm. And how do you think social media is uh, impacting this as well, too? Do you think it's making it uh, better, more comfortable people open up or is it just, you know, simply making more defensive?
2: Um, I think because of the pandemic and having everyone inside and seeing how when people are isolated because suicide, uh, the percentage had risen, um, because everyone was inside and home and secluded and, and from the world. And I feel like since then, It has uh, many platforms have um, grown to hear the voices of people either tell their story or encourage healing, encourage therapy, encourage to be confident in who you are. I think people are starting to um, love more and be genuine and caring. Um, You have a few little negative people, but um, for the most part, I feel like People are starting to realize like, no, it's we really got to take this journey like we can't be, (laughs) you know, silent because when you're silent, that allows you're allowing more hurt than you are more good. So, um, yeah, I think social media, for the most part, from what I've been seeing on my end, from my social media stories and things like that, it's been more positive, more encouraging, more uplifting. and. I would encourage people to pay attention to what they are listening to and watching. And if it's something negative, I wouldn't even engage in it or even, you know, pay attention to it and instead I would use that time to focus on your dreams your goals your aspirations and truly healing and making sure you know that if you are healed for the people that are healed or that have already started their healing journey to you know encourage your family encourage your loved ones to heal and to you know be better because we all want to be the uh, best version of ourselves that we can be.
4: Mm -hmm. and certainly very amazing as well too and where can we find your book at
2: so you can find the warrior who didn't speak on amazon and you can just go to the warrior who didn't speak by victoria robinson and it will pop up and it's also on the um barnes and noble website too
4: okay we'll certainly check that out we're here with the author writer speaker and mentor from georgia victoria robinson of the warrior who didn't speak on the mike Wagner show just a few more um Moments here, Victoria, as well. Too love to have you back on. And what can we expect in 2023 and beyond? So, in
2: 2023 and beyond, um, look forward to me doing some um, affirmation videos, look forward to me doing um, getting together to start my podcast. Um, also. Um, I'm in the process of doing an ebook that I will launch out to help those who still have, you know, a little fear about finding their voice um, from speaking up. And encouraging you and showing you step by step how to use your voice from silence to strength. So um, yes, that's coming up, and then hopefully speaking engagements, TED talks. <laughs>
4: And, and of course, flying as well, too. And and so, yes, that's right. Looking, I have to
2: travel the world to speak to others. So, yes.
4: There you go. There you go. Maybe you're going to hold sessions on flights. It's like, don't be afraid. God's got you on the plane. No snakes.
2: <laughs> so, Come on. All right, now. <laughs>
4: there you go. We got all that. And a couple of things. What do you consider biggest influence in a career?
2: Yeah my biggest influence in my career wow you are the first person that has asked me that okay so um my biggest influence i would say during i have many so okay my top 2 has been um sarah jake roberts td jakes daughter disorder mm-hmm. um just even knowing her story of how she became pregnant at 13 wow and how people in the church you know would look at her a certain way and her telling her story and how she's grown to become the woman that she is has been just I've I used to watch her and I still watch her a lot um her and also um who else my mom believe it or not. Um, My mom has been through many challenges. Um, I know that she lost her parents. uh, She lost her dad when she was 13. Um, She lost her mom right before she met my dad. And she's a daughter of nine and her siblings been passing away. And it's only four of them left. And she's also, although she's a nurse, uh, she's an RICURN, um, she's also had um, health complications but she has never given up. She's been strong. Um, She's always smiling. She's always in good spirits. And just seeing her, you know, remain strong and remain confident and walking with endurance and perseverance, that inspires me a lot. So um, yes, my mom.
4: That is so amazing. I love that. And what's the best advice you can give to anybody at this point?
2: The best I can, the best advice I could give is to, Treat others the way you would want to be treated. And that's how you you, take a moment and examine yourself and to say, okay, how would I want someone to treat me? Because most of the times we treat people how they treat us, but it shouldn't be that way. So treat others the way you want to be treated. If you want somebody that would love you and care for you, do those things to others um and also watch your mouth watch what comes out of your mouth make sure you're speaking kind words loving words uplifting words and not tearing down somebody
4: mm-hmm. so watch your bleeping language okay guys so <laughs> <laughs> we'll certainly do that we're here with the uh, author writer speaker and mentor from Georgia, Victoria Robinson of The Warrior who didn't speak on the Mike Wagner Show. Victoria, very big thank you for your time. You've been absolutely fantastic. Looking forward to having you again soon. Keep us up to date. Keep in touch. Love having you back. Wish you all the best. Once again, what's your website? How do people contact you? Where can people purchase or check out your book?
2: Um, you can contact me on um, Instagram at iVictoriaExist. Also on Facebook at Victoria Robinson, iVictoriaExist. And also um, Amazon for my book at the warrior who didn't speak.
4: We will certainly check that out. Once again, Victoria, a very big thank you for your time. You've been absolutely fantastic. Learned a lot. Looking forward to having you again soon. Keep us up to date. Keep in touch. Love Have you back. Wish you all the best. And Victoria, you definitely have a great future ahead.
2: You? Thank you so much. <laughs>